want to give him all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise because it is because of him that we are here today. So don't be afraid. Open up your mouths. Give him a high hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. He woke us up this morning. We're in our right mind. We have good health. So God, we just give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. So this morning, we're going to start off with our scripture from Brother Rick. Um, Pearsall, after him, we'll have our, our welcome from Brother Jeremy Bryant. morning church morning. Morning. morning family I'll be reading Matthew 7 24 and 25 I think it's appropriate therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock Amen. Let me get myself right. As my granddaddy said, bless his sweet name. (laughs) All right. Good morning. My name is Jeremy Bryant, the son of Apostle Amanda and James Bryant. I would like to welcome you to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries. If this is your first time here, we would like to thank you for coming. Again, you are welcome, welcome, welcome. And at this time, we will have prayer from Brother Elijah Walker. Good morning, saints. It's good to be here this morning. And Father, we thank you this morning. We come to you almost as we know how. Thanking you for down through the years, Father. You brought us 22 years in the ministry. And we thank you, Lord, because you told us not to look to our understanding, to acknowledge you in all thy ways, and you will direct our path. And say, now, Father, we are here. And if we had 10,000 tongues, Father, we couldn't thank you enough because you are God and there is no other Lord. And we just want to give you the praise today and the honor and the glory. And, Father, we thank you for how you blessed us with mercy. And then, Father, you come right over again and give us grace. And, Father, we're just going to say thank you one more time this year. Thank you, Lord, for the pastor. Thank you for the congregation. Thank you for the one, Lord, that has followed and done the will of your commandments. And we thank you, Lord, that we'll stay on the right course. And, Father, we'll just lean not to our understanding. We'll make it there, oh, God. And we just say thank you one more time. I just want to say thank you. I can't thank you enough. Lord, I ask all this in your name, Jesus the Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. God is so good. 
So at this time, we, we will have the vision from Brother Willie Bryant. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Miracle Temple <coughs> will preach the word of God. Miracle Temple will preach the word of God all over the world. Jesus said to go and preach the word of God <clears throat> to every creature. Miracle Temple will deliver. Miracle Temple will deliver. Miracle Temple will heal, deliver, and set free. The Spirit of the Lord is upon Miracle Temple Deliberate Ministry because he has anointed Miracle Temple Deliberate Ministry to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent Miracle Temple Deliberate Ministry to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty for them that are bruised and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Miracle Temple Deliberate Ministry will have a resource, will have a resource center, a counseling center, and a recreation center. For God said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. Miracle Temple Deliberate Ministry will have a teaching ministry. For Jesus said, Go, teach all nations, baptize, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Miracle Temple Deliberate Ministry shall establish churches. For the word of God said, and so were, the, so were the churches established in the faith. And so were the church established in the faith. So were the church established in the faith and equipping for the, the ministry. Miracle Temple Delivered Ministry shall walk by faith and not by sight. Miracle Temple Delivered Ministry will be a school of ministry. For the word of God said, and to him he gave some to be prophet, some to be apostle, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for equipping of the saints and for the edifying of the body. Miracle Temple Deliberate Ministry walked by faith and not by sight. Miracle Temple Deliberate Ministry will have a school of ministry a clam school of ministry for the word of God said and he gave I'm sorry Mirka Temple Mirka Temple Deliberate Ministry will have a school of ministry Mirka Temple Deliberate Ministry will have a school of ministry to him he gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be pastors some to be evangelists some to be teachers for edif for equipping of the saint and for the edifying of the body of Christ Mirka Temple Deliberate Ministry shall root up and tear down the strongholds off in God people for the word of God said this day I have set thee over the nation to I have set thee over the nation and over the kingdom 
to cast out and to pour down, to destroy and to throw down, and to build and to plant. This vision for America Temple Delivered Ministry is is yet for is set for a point a for a appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. It shall speak and not lie. Though we tarry, we we will wait for it, because it will surely come to pass. It will not tarry. Amen. Thank you, Brother Willie. Thank you. We thank God for that vision, and we thank God what he is doing in this place. We thank God for the visionary. You know, a lot of that stuff has come to fruition. We thank God for um, Clem. I mean, we have learned so much who we are in him, being disciples, you know, our gifts. God is just so good, and we just thank him for using the apostle the way he does, and just for her love and her sacrifice to get before him and lay out to hear you know, for us, so we can grow up in him. So it's just a blessing and an honor to be here, you know, in this ministry. So we just celebrating us as the body. We know who's the head, Jesus Christ. We're the body. We're here to do a good work, and we will not come down. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we will have our praise and worship. It's time to set the table. We can get on your feet. It's time for some more praise in this house. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. Good morning, Judy. Y'all ready? Yes. Hallelujah. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Holy Ghost power. Breathe on me. Yesterday's gone. Today I'm in need. Holy Ghost power. Breathe on me, come on and breathe. Breathe on me, come on and breathe. Breathe on me, Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power, come on and breathe on me. Yesterday, yesterday's gone. Today I'm in need. Holy Ghost power.
Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. Today, Today I'm in need of fire. Shall bow before you, and every tongue confess, 
confess, and every tongue will confess you are Lord. You are Lord. Oh, oh. Yes, you are Lord. Yes, you are Lord. Oh, oh. With every breath, with every breath that I breathe, I will praise you. I You are my God and my King. You are my God and my King. 
God glory Hallelujah. and how many of you want to be at Jesus's feet because yes. at Jesus feet there is miracles there is love there is kindness there is healing there is everything that you need oh God I give you praise honor and glory because it's all about you it's not about us Oh, God, we want to be at your feet. We want to eat from the table. Lord, we thank you for the bread of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory. And I'll be seated at your feet to worship at your I'll be right here at your feet. 
seated at the feet. Worship at your feet. Oh, you, you got peace. You got joy. Right here at your feet. No more confusion. I tell you, because you, we want to praise him at all times. We were created to praise him. We praise him for everything, not for our trials, but just being able to get through them. And we know that even in the trials and the storms, all the beating wind and rain, when we come out, we are stronger than ever. We're shining brighter than ever. So we just give God glory that we can praise him. And once we praise him, we can begin to worship him. And just tell them how much we love him. Just like when we're going through with, and we go to our parents, as you remember when you were young, you may have went to your mom or your dad, and you just curl up and you get that encouragement, that love. Sometimes they don't even have to say anything. And you just cry, and once you get down, you just feel like you can go another further. <laughs> and that's how it is with God. You know, we go to him for everything. He renews our strength. So we just thank God 
for Jesus. We thank God for this day, and we know it's not about us, but it is all about him. So at this time, we're going to move forward with the history, and we know um, if it wasn't for history, it wouldn't be a present. So we thank God for that history. Amen? And it's going to be um, Sister Tashika Jordan. Good morning, everyone. Miracle Temple was established by Reverend Arthur and Olive Louise Walker. Reverend Arthur Walker was an anointed and appointed man of God, was fully persuaded that God's word was true and that it would accomplish that which God had sent it to do. Reverend Walker, along with his wife, Olive Louise, who was a virtuous woman of God and a loving helpmeet to her husband, began a ministry equipped with the promise from God. Throughout this ministry, God manifested himself through his word. God used Reverend Arthur Walker to speak his word, and signs and wonders followed the word. Many witnessed the lame walking, the sick healed, people delivered, and the captive set free. The power and presence of God was manifested throughout the southeastern North Carolina throughout, through this mighty man of God. Reverend Walker spoke the word in season and out of season, giving all the glory to God. In 1987, Reverend Arthur Walker went home to be with the Lord. Prior to God calling him home, Apostle Amanda Walker Bryant, his granddaughter, witnessed many miracles and signs that God had manifested through her grandfather. In 1994, she accepted Jesus Christ as her personal Savior, and her life changed from that day onward. He called and anointed her to root up and tear down the strongholds off his people. She said, God, if there's anyone that I can help, send them my way. And guess what? He did. From 1996 to 2000, she ministered out of her home, being faithful to the call on her life. In 2001, God called her off her job she worked on for 13 years into full-time ministry. With the help of the Holy Spirit, Apostle Amanda and James Bryant resurrected the ministry, Miracle Temple, that her father, Reverend Arthur Walker, had held for four decades, which is currently retitled Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, North Carolina, Incorporated in 2001. In 2001, church services were held in Walkertown, same building grandfather ministered out of. 2003, moved to Fremont Street in historical downtown Burgaw, North Carolina. 2004, a new building was purchased, 401 North Wright Street, Burgaw, North Carolina. In 2006, the radio ministry began. 2009, a television broadcast started. 2008, there was an addition of a new office completed. 2011, Clem, Christ Lives in Me School of Ministry began. 2016, Roku Channel. 2019, the church was renovated. 2020-2022, we are listed on over 100 podcast platforms such as iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Apostle Amanda Walker Bryant and the congregation believe that if God did it then, he will do it also now. Believe God and it shall be established. There is nothing too hard for God. Amen, amen. Thank God for that, and thank God for just giving Apostle and Brother James the strength to just continue on to deal with us. <laughs> I just thank God for them because we know how challenging it can be as parents with our own children, and she got plenty of us. So I just thank God for them, 
and their sacrifice for this ministry. Um, so at this time, we're going to have a tribute for Mr. and Ms. Finney and Ms. Uh, Renee Green. After that, we'll have a dance um, with Marquisha, Tiffany, and Tamaya. Good morning, everybody. Um, I just want to say um, we've been blessed since we've been here. We've been visiting for over a year, but we actually um, joined in sorry, June, June or July. And um, during that time, um, God was preparing me for something that um, I would not even think about. Um, I lost my mom in August. And, um, you know, we always say, what would I do without my mom, you know? Um, but instead um, of feeling down about it and sad about it, I had this feeling of comfort. And I know it's because I was here. Um, I'm grateful for everybody, all the prayers, the love that we had um, during that time. Um, not only did I lose my mom within that same week, I lost an uncle, which was her brother, blood brother, same mom, and they also lost their, um, I actually lost two uncles. Um, it wasn't even quite a week apart, so I had funerals and, you know, and by the grace of God in Miracle Temple, how we were able to get through that. And I want to thank everybody for all of the welcoming love um, that you guys gave all the prayers um, when I come here I just feel like this is where I'm supposed to be uh, how y'all doing Miracle Temple friends I'm Mishan um, like I said we started coming here about uh, about a year now and it's been one of the best experience ever um, just want to thank you but uh, man 2021 was, I said it was tough. It was one of the toughest years of my life, our life. And we couldn't have got through it without God and Miracle Temple, honestly. And I just want to thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. I got some, some. Um, I want to share something with y'all. Um, I told the story before, but let me tell it again. Um, back in April 2000, uh, I took my 18-wheeler to the shop in Warsaw, North Carolina, to, to get it worked on. Uh, long story short, um, someone... Well, since we've been here. Uh, so like I said, it was in April. Um, someone stole the mechanic shop I took it to. Someone stole my GPS system. Uh, I just got it. It was like a $600 GPS. Can you hear me? It was like a $600 uh, GPS system. <clears throat> so I went to the mechanic. I said, man, um, one of your guys, somebody stole my GPS out of my truck. He's like, no, there's no way, no way. I was like, yes, it is a way because I folded it up and placed it in a certain spot. And I said, it was... The shirt and everything I uh, folded up in was still there, but the GPS was gone. So, you know, time, months went by. I started coming to church, you know, trusting God, just doing what I'm supposed to do. And um, 
one, I think it was like a Friday for about three months. This was April, for about June, July. Um, I was I went to the truck, you know, to check everything out like I normally do. And um, up the street, I look, I see um, Apostle Amanda and Brother James. It was coming up on the golf cart. I was like, hey, there we go. You know what I mean? So uh, they pulled up. You know, I mean, spoke to me. I mean, everything was good. So they left. So something was like, look, look in your truck. So I look in my truck out of nowhere. My GPS system appeared in my truck. This is no, like, no play. No play in order. Nothing. So I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, how, how, like, how does, like, someone stole this out of my truck. Like, somebody stole it, literally stole it. It was gone for months. So, for someone to bring it, like, who, whoever took it, I mean, they brought it from Warsaw back to Burger and placed it inside of my truck. Like, when I said that was one of the weirdest things ever. But, but, I knew, I was like, you know, this has got to be God because I've been coming to church, you know, paying my tithes, doing what I'm supposed to do, and out of nowhere, like, I have the GPS system to this day, and someone actually stole out of my truck. Yes. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Okay, so at this time, we'll have the dance from Mark. Okay, sorry, um, Sister Renee Green. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We give him glory on today. We thank him when we praise him. I just want to give honor to Apostle and Brother James, my pastor, Brother James, my mother and father of this church, I love them with everything that's in me. I'm not going way back because that's done past. I'm in the now. And I thank God for this ministry. I was sent to this ministry 12 years ago, and I want to talk about this ministry. Apostle and Brother James in this ministry, just being in this ministry, coming to church on Sunday and Clem being taught. I remember when I first came to this church, the Lord told me he was sending me to a church to be taught and I say a teaching ministry and I said Lord you're telling me to leave my church he said I'm sending you there but it's going to be up to you whether you stay or not so it's been 13 years and I'm still here still learning the word of God this church is a word church so as everybody know I'm over special events and it's my job to go around and get people to be on the program. So I'm praying about seeking the Lord on who to get to do what. And I was stuck at Trivet. I was on my way to church that morning. And the Lord said, he wanted me to speak. I said, what? Me? So I was trying to find somebody else to put in that spot. But as time went on for the last couple of weeks, I have really been in a battle. Because that's the enemy's strategy. He has called apostles to root up and tear down the strongholds 
off of God's people. The enemy uses the strongholds. Fear, anger, as y'all see him on Kim. This is what he uses us to keep us from being moving forward in the things of God. It keeps you stagnated. Fear, anger, offense, all those things keeps us from moving forward in the things of God. Second Corinthians ten four say, For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Five said, casting out imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. And what I got out of 2 Corinthians 10.5, it's the enemy's job, it's his strategy to come bring fear, bring anger, bring offense, bring all of that stuff that's on the front of Kim to stop us from moving forward in the things of God and to bring division in the ministry. When the enemy come in, we as believers are supposed to cast down imagination, cast down the thought, every high thing that exhorts itself against the knowledge of God, and we're supposed to go into God's word. What did God say? Not what the enemy say. When the enemy come in with these thoughts and imagination and thoughts, and we don't rebuke it right then in the name of Jesus and use his word as our weapon, it's just going to come in us and it's going to marinate. It's going to stay there. The only thing that can get rid of the strongholds is God's word. That is the only weapon. Through prayer, spending time with God, like Miss Denise say, just sitting at the feet of the Lord. When Apostle be preaching, she tells us, Ask God what's in you. But a lot of times we spend our time seeing what's in somebody else because this is not in us. But if we stop and sit down and just allow God to just have his way inside of us where you thought you didn't have a fence in you, it will, God will let it show his face. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not the people in the church that we wrestle against. It's the spirit that's in there using them. If I come into church on Sunday morning and Miss Apostle Cross is usually happy-go-lucky and she's talking, and today she's not saying, hey, hi, and that's all she's saying. It's not, if I have a fence, it's going to rise up. But what did I do? But why is she acting like that? It ain't got nothing to do with me. We have to know that Apostle Cross that's my um, sister in Christ. She's going through. So instead of me allowing the spirit of offense to take over where it don't have anything to do with me, I need to go in prayer and pray on behalf of Apostle Crow. Because Apostle Cross is praying. We need to pray with her and not just. Uh, Teresa always say, don't take what ain't yours. If Apostle Cross ain't done nothing to me, why am I going to take? what she going through make it all about me and she acting funny because it is the spirit of offense that's laying inside of you because if you wasn't offended you wouldn't have never say it I'm just being honest that is not what God wants these are the things that stop us from being in unity it brings division Going forward, moving forward in the things of God. The enemy done tried everything he could to stop me from standing up here. But God didn't give me the spirit of fear. But of power and love and a sound mind. You know, even though he attacked me, once I regroup, it's all over.
because I'm more than a conqueror. Kim, turn around, please. Turn around. Those are the things that God went from us. These are the things that keep us unified and together, walking in love. Turn around, Kim, I can't even read them. Kindness, joy, humility, fruits of the spirit. This is why holding ministry together. We are one when we say in this ministry that we hold up our apostle and brother Jean's arm, this is what we have to do. We're not holding up their arm when we walking around with unforgiveness. It makes it hard on them bringing forth the vision. And the only way for us to walk in there, walk in there is to do like Miss Denise said. Sit at his feet. Miss Denise was, took everything to stay in the seat. So when she was singing, she was saying everything that's going to come back. And that's what it's going to take. And I give God glory and I just give him praise. Um, at this time, we'll have a dance from Marquisha, Tiffany, and Tamia. Did I pronounce that right?
so patient he waited but he was forever knocking so I just thank God you know and some people say I'll be glad when the Lord come back but he's not tearing he's waiting for others to get it right just like he waited for us so I just thank God for his love and his patience amen all right so um at this time we will have um, the message from the MTDM leaders and before we go on with the um, message dealing with the leaders I want to first of all thank everybody for coming out today to help us to celebrate 22 years. And it hasn't been easy, but we give God glory for what he's done and from where he has brought all of us from. And God had laid me laid something on my heart to um, help everybody to understand how God wants the church to be. You know, sometimes we 
come together and man do it the way they want it. But God has always had a pattern for the body of Christ. And that's what we're going to do today. Um, I have gotten several people in the body of Christ to represent this pattern and to bring it to you the way that God would have us to present it to you today. First of all, I want to let you know about what a church anniversary is about. It is not about me. It is not about my husband. It's not even about you. It's about bringing glory to God. This is why I always say that it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died for me because he loved me. That's why I'm crucified. If you see me, you're not seeing Christ. If people see you, they're not seeing Christ. What God has set in the body is to bring him glory. It's for people to know him, not you. So this church anniversary and every church anniversary should be about giving glory to God. It should be about the unity of the faith, being one. And it should be and reflect on where God has brought us from. He is the one that this should be about. It's not about us. And also, what is the church? The church is not a denomination. The church is not a building. The church is you. The church is born-again believers who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. The church is made up of many members, but it's only one body. And Christ is the head of that body. Every member in the body of Christ supplies to that body. Every joint supplies. You can find this in Romans the 12th chapter. You can find it in 1 Corinthians the 12th chapter to break down each part. So today we want to introduce each part to the body of Christ. And everyone that's coming up here, they do have five minutes. We don't want to prolong you, but we want you to know how the pattern of the church should be. Amen? So we'll have Sonia coming up here at this time. And she will be introducing the members of the body. First of all, we have the motivational gifts. Then we have the ministry gifts. And we'll move on from there. Amen? Good morning. Happy anniversary. 22 years is a long time to put up with put up with disobedient children like myself and I would say because um, I know a time I went into apostle do we have a minute for this I went into apostle's office and some things were going on when I left out the office she said the storm just left the building <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was bad and pastor uh, still continued like we do with our own children, to love, nurture, and teach, and see me through the eyes of God. It's amazing. 
you know, we don't find that everywhere. I just thank God for it. I know I'm in the right place. And before you go, Sonia, there's a song I want to present before they come up. So y'all give us three more minutes, please. Okay, you want me to? No, they're going to do the song first, and then you can come up. Please forgive me. The Holy Spirit will remind you of all things.
gifts that God has built into us, made a part of us to be used for the benefits of others and for his glory. We're going to have the prophecy receiver, perceiver, the eyes of the body, Teresa Waddell. The eyes of the body, prophecy, the perceiver. The perceiver is quickly and accurately identifies good and evil and hates evil. The perceiver views people or situations as either in the will of God or out of the will of God. There is no sort of there is no such thing as either in or out or in or partially in or partially out. You're either in or out of the will of God when it comes to a perceiver. There is no compromise. It's not an option. A perceiver hates evil. He sees every, he or she sees everything as black and white. They see things as right or wrong, appropriate or inappropriate, true or false. They do not see how there can be any in between. There is no gray area. They tend to answer yes or no and seldom may say maybe that quickly and accurately identifies good and evil and hates evil they easily perceive the character of individuals or groups um, you can read that according to Matthew 3 7 they encourage repentance that produces good fruit and you can read about that according to Matthew 3 8 um they have only a few or no close friends. They are frank, outspoken, to the point, give it to you straight, no chaser. Grieves deeply over the sins of others. They are easily eager to see their own blind spots and to help others to see theirs as well. They desire to be obedient to God at all costs. You can read about Jesus as being a perceiver in Matthew 21, verses 12 through 13, John 14, 6, and John the Baptist as being a perceiver in Matthew 14, through 3 through 4. motivational gift we're going to have is ministering, serving, helps. This is the hands of the body. Sister Deborah Newton. hands of the body, a server. They are concerned with serving and meeting the needs of others. The characteristics of a server easily recognize practical needs and is quick to meet that need. That need 
that somebody needs help right then, they are quick to make it. In George's manual projects, jobs and functions, they like to work with their hands, keeps everything in order, is de a detailed person with a good memory. They don't like clutter, they don't like dirt, they like everything nice and neat. They like, um, they would say, um, I can't think of it right now, but um, they keep and enjoy hospitality. They love to entertain, they love people just like Martha. Martha got distracted because she was willing to entertain Jesus and the disciples when they came. And um, Mary, she wanted the spiritual food of it. But Martha, she wanted to do, uh, she wanted to be a server. So she got distracted. She didn't get her spiritual food until she went to Jesus. Jesus reminded her that she should have been there before the others. A server will stay with something until it's completed to the end. Has a hard time saying no to something or whatever they are requested to help with. Is more interested in meeting the needs of others than their own needs. They put their needs on the back burner to meet the needs of others. Enjoy working an intimate goal, which is a short-term goal, rather than a long-term goal. A short-term goal is like from from six months to a year. The long-term goal is like three years and more. Shows love for others in deed and in action more than words. They're, they're willing to do something for you rather than just tell you they love you and stuff like that. They'll show you in love. Need, no, they need to feel appreciated. Some of them need to be feel, feel appreciated, some don't. Tends to do more than ask to do, than what they're asked to do. They'll do go above and beyond. High energy level person supports who is in leadership. And Martha, she was really willing to do that. And the apostles, they found seven men that were full of the Holy Ghost and full of the word to serve so that they wouldn't have to come out of their word to serve. Amen. And one of those fellows, one of those men that were called to serve in the spirit, we're going to look at the, the motivational gift of being a deacon, ministering server, Brother Willie Byrne. on the other side with it. Yes, sir. Deacon, a servant, a servant, a minister, one who attends to the needs of others. Deacon are mentioned as server, servers in the body, Acts 2, 6. It, it refers to an attendant, a waiter, or one who ministers to others. Deacon is to visit the sick, needy, and widows of the church. Acts 6. Deacon is to set up and to prepare the table for the for the Lord administration. Of, Deacon is to set up and prepare the table for the Lord administration of the Lord's Supper. Deacon is to assist the pastor in 
easing any tension or resolving conflict with the church. Deacon is responsible for managing the church property. Deacon is responsible for counting the offering and keeping a record. Deacon should be available to help in very various of ways so that the pastor are able to concentrate on teaching and shepherding the church. Qualification of the deacon can be found in 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13. Likewise, must the deacon be grave, not uh, double-tongued, uh, double not giving too much wine, not greedy of filthy lurk, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience, and let and let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office office of a deacon, being found blame, blameless. Even so, must their wives be grave, not slander, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacon be the husband of one wife, ruling their children, children, and their own house, and their own house well. For they that have used the office of a deacon will purchase to themselves a good degree, a great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Deacon, oh, okay, that's it. I'll think you read about the deaconess. And I want to say there's also a deaconess that the Bible speaks of. Amen. You, you good, Willie. And as you know, I want to put this in too. A deacon do not run the pastor. Amen. We want to do things in decency and order the way the word says to do it. This is why we're showing you biblically. This is what the church is about. We're one body. Everything is in the Bible for everybody to see. Next we're going to have Jamie Costin, a teacher from Mind of the Body. Good morning again. All right. We're talking about the mind of the body, a teacher, um, teacher to give instruction, characteristics of a teacher, love to study and do research. That's the first one. Number two, wants to know all facts. Number three, demands accuracy and precision. Number four, gets upset when scripture is used out of context. And number five, oh, y'all like that one. <laughs> yeah, because that's important. When you, I mean, when you're out and about and you hear like the word of God misused, you know, you know, it's just like, wait a minute, that's not the way it should be, right? So that'll, you know, you you'll get a check in your spirit. And number five solves problems by starting with scriptural principles. And I love that scripture because I mean, just like it tells us in the word of God, you know. To seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these ways, you know, will be added unto you. And so we should seek him first and all of that. And then you can reference these with Acts 13, 1 and Acts 18 through 24 through 28. 
And real quick, um, just to let you know, like the, the hand, you know, represents the apostle, the pastor, the evangelist, the, um, wait a minute. What's the first finger? You got it. Oh, so the, the, uh, ring finger, I forget that one. Which one is that? The pastor. pastor. Okay. And married to the church and the teacher's the pinky. See the pinky? See, you, you got to be a humble, that, that humility has got to be within you. You can't, you know, be one of those who always wants to be right and just stand your ground. And a teacher has to teach in humility, has to have the teachable spirit. A teacher has not to, you know, um, to build up. I mean, yes, you, you, you have to tell when they're wrong, but there's a way to do it in decency and order. You know what I'm saying? It's where you just, you know, you, you, you teach with patience and you don't have to bash somebody. And because, you know, God is, he, he can love us. He chastises with love and, you know, he builds us up with love. I'm going to stop right there. Jamie's the teacher. He's always teaching. Next, we're going to have the exhorter, mouth of the body, Aquana Freeman. Okay, so as Sister Sonia said, it's the mouth of the body, the exhorter, edifying and encouraging people. You want to build people up, you know, encourage them in the Lord. Um, you'll know if you have met an exhorter by their characteristics, and I'm going to go over five of them. The first one, they love to encourage others to live victoriously. Let them know they're more than a conqueror. You don't like to see people down. You want to lift them up with the word and let them know that God is working everything together for their good. So that's what an exhorter will do and loves working with people because they just love to see people happy. If, they, if there is something that's needed, they want to go and help them and they just enjoy people. Number three, encourage encourages others to develop in their personal ministries. So um, whatever it may be in the ministry, you know, teacher, evangelist, whatever it is, they're just encouraging them, you know, because sometimes it does get difficult in your ministry and you need encouraging, like you are doing a great work for the Lord. You know, um, God is really using you. We all need that sometimes because that builds our confidence. And so, number four, wants to clear up problems with others quickly because we don't want any discord. We want peace, and that's what that encourager will do. And number five, sees potential in others. Very optimistic. You know, they want to encourage you and pull out the best thing. They see the best in you, even when you don't. So they'll encourage you and, and tell you what they see and who God created you to be. Um, and two scriptures that reference to the exhorter, it's Acts 13.15, that's Amplified Classic. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the leaders of the worship of the synagogue sent to them saying, Brethren, if you have any word of exhort exhortation or consolation or encouragement for the people, say it. And the last one, Acts 11.22 through 24, King James Version. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and he had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, 
that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people was added unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. Powerful exhorter, Aquana Freeman. Next, we're going to have um, giver, arm of the body, Kim Costin. I love this one. I love being a giver. Okay, if she said a giver, arm in the body. Someone in the body of Christ who shares material assistance and keeps specific needs provided for. Characteristics of a giver. Number one, gives freely of money, possession, time, energy, and love. Number two, loves to give without others knowing about it. Number three, wants to fill a part of the ministries to which he contributes. Number four, feels delighted when his gift is an answer to specific prayer. Number five, intercedes for needs and the salvation of souls. Number six, gives only by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Number seven, handles finances with wisdom. Number eight, quickly volunteers to help where, where a need is seen. Number nine, has strong belief in tithing and giving in addition to tithing. Number 10, believes God is the source of his supply. And you can find uh, references scripture in Exodus 17, 11 through 13. And it reads, as long as Moses held up the staff in his arm, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became too tired, so tired, he could no longer hold them, hold them up. So Aaron and Ur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. And that's what we have to do in the body of Christ. I know we have to do that here in a, dealing with the things we go through and the things we have to do in the ministry. We have to hold up Apostle Hand so she don't have to do too much, too much, and she won't be worn out. And I thank God for being here and being taught how to do those things. Um, God is just good. He's so good. Okay, and another scripture, Acts 4, 36, 37. Now Joseph, a Levite and native of Cyprus, or Cyprus, who was surnamed Barnabas by the apostle, which interpreted means son of encouragement, sold a field with sold a field which belonged to him and brought the sum of money, of money and led it at the feet of the apostles. So 
Sister Kimmy and I have a lot in common because I love to give. Sometimes we be looking for stuff around the house. My husband says, you give it away. Uh, Sometimes I say no, and I don't, I don't know. I probably did. But <laughs> <laughs> administrator, ruler, shoulders of the body. Denise Brown. Bring it on. Shoulders of the body, administrator ruler, is the overseer, administrator of other members of the body. Characteristics of the administrator, there are ten of them. Number one is highly motivated to organize that for which he is responsible. Two, prefers to be under authority in order to have authority. Three, will not take responsibility unless delegated by those in authority. Four, will assume responsibility if no specific leadership exists. Five, enjoys working with and being around people. Six, easily facilitates resources and people to accomplish tasks or goals. Seven, enjoys dedicating, delegating tasks and supervising people. Eight, has great zeal and enthusiasm for whatever he is involved in. Nine, constantly write notes to self. Ten, does not enjoy doing routine tasks. And you can reference what administrator and ruler is in Genesis 37, 5 through 7. One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brother about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundle all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Being an administrator, you carry everybody's problems on your shoulder. You try to keep the ministry going. You have to be well-rounded. You have to stay in your word. You have to meet people where they at, and you hold up the pastor's hands. You do things to help the church run to keep them from having to get out of their word or get out of whatever they're doing to be doing things in the church. Amen. mercy and compassion, Sister Shirley Jordan. I thank God for mercy and compassion. I'm going to talk about the characteristics of mercy and compassion. Always showing love. You know, God was the epitome of love. That's who he is. You can't get nothing out of that but love. The four-letter word, L-O-V-E. It takes me back to the crucifixion. When he suffered, bled, and died on the cross, he did it because of love. Love took him there. He didn't have to do it, but he was fulfilling a purpose because that's who he was. He's all about loving people. And if you love, you know, you can start out doing things, but if he's not in it, you can't hold out. 
You might start, but you're going to quit. But if you accept him as Lord and he's living on the, and abiding on the inside of you, you can't quit. I have been in positions where I felt like I wanted to stop my flesh. But I was driven. It was like a force in me. And I had to keep going. And sometimes I would say to myself, are you losing your mind? But it was him on the inside of me because I accepted him one day as Lord. And I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it if it's within my power. Help me to do it. I don't have the strength, but you are my strength. And I know as long as you live inside of me, I can do anything. Anything I can do with him living on the inside of me because he is my strength. So I just thank God because I know that if it was not for him, we none would be here. There wouldn't be mercy. There wouldn't be compassion. You know, where would we be without him? God is a mighty God. He's an awesome God. And I could talk all day long, but I'm not going to do it because I know I don't have a f- five minutes. We're supposed to look for the good in people. Everything God made was good. Sometimes you might say, oh, my goodness, what are they doing now, especially with what's going on now over in the Ukraine area? But everything God made was good. That's what words say. Everything he made was good. So we have to look for the good in people, the positive in people, and take it from there. Being attracted to hurting people when they're in, in distress. You know, when we, like I say, when he's living on and abiding on the inside of us, we will feel attracted to people that's in distress. You know, there's people, there's so many hurting people. There's people that's shut in, that cannot help themselves. There's people that's in nursing homes that can't get out, that don't talk to anyone or see anyone but their staff that's taking care of them. You know, as believers and as a church family, we need to visit these people. We need to go into these places and administer the word of God. Let them know that God loves them because, like I say, they may not see anybody from year to year unless somebody go in and just minister to them because God does love them. And you never know what we're going to need along the way. We're up to date, but we can be down today. So we have to think of others and love others the way God loves us. Um, be motivated or is, is motivated. We have people that have accepted God into their lives is motivated to help people have uh, the right relationship with one another. We don't add fuel to the fire. When we hear something, see something, don't add fuel to the fire. Be a good listener and apply the word of God to that situation. Sometimes misery, as they say, love company, but that's not what God desired for the church body. That's not who we are. And that's not what we're supposed to represent. Speak the word at all times. 
Take action or take care with words and actions to avoid hurting others. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Remember, we cannot take our words back once they drop from our lips. It's over. Words have power. They can cause a lot of trouble. So remember, speak the word when you're talking to someone. In certain situations, you know, you try to put yourself in it and how you would handle it. And when you do that, you've already messed up. You have to apply the word and forget about what you would say. Easily detects insincerity or wrong motives. When you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, living and abiding on the inside of you, you will be able to discern these spirits, and you will know them. Say, try the Spirit by the Spirit. See if they're of God. There is 12 of these, and I'm almost there. This is number eight. Love to do thoughtful things for others. Because of his love abiding in you, And flowing through you, this becomes easy. It's not a task. Because he's involved. Where he's involved, it's not difficult. He'll see you through it. And you'll look back and say, how did I do this? It was God. It was his love flowing through you. Because that's who you are. Number nine says, avoid conflicts and confrontation. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Follow peace with all men, and holiness without, which no man shall see the Lord. Number 10 is trusting and trust is trusting and trustworthy. Our daily conduct should be trusting in God and not leaning to our own understanding. But in all of our ways, we need to acknowledge him and he'll direct our path because he said he would. And as believers, we can be trustworthy because he's living on the inside of us. See, when he died and we accepted him as Lord, he rose again on the inside of us. And so that enables us to carry out the characteristics of God because he's in us and working through us when we allow it to happen. Rejoice, number 11, to see others blessed and grieve to see others hurt. That's because of his love. Everything is centered around his love. It's his love. When we see other people hurting and in distress, if we got his love, we're going to have some feelings for them. We're going to want to do something for them. That's just automatic because it's God on the inside of us. You know, that's who he is. When you accept him, you'll find yourself doing things you didn't even know you would do or was capable of doing because his love is resting inside of you. Intercede, number 12, intercede for the hurt and problems of others. When you truly accept Jesus as Lord, interceding is a part of your lifestyle. That's who you are. His love abides in you, not only for your family, but for others that you don't even know. 
So church, let's pray. Let's intercede on behalf of we people we don't even know. And trust God for the outcome. Amen. 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 Before we go into the next um, gifts, I want to say this. All of these gifts that you heard today, they're called motivational gifts. And you may heard the gift of uh, prophecy, which is a perceiver. That don't mean somebody's a prophet. You may heard teacher. That don't mean they're a teacher. People can teach. People can encourage. But that don't mean that they're in that gift. People can serve. But that don't mean they're servers. People can have compassion, but that don't mean they're compassionate because they may not be saved and have the love of God in them. This is why you have to be taught. This is why the body gets so messed up in the church. You got people out of line of, of alignment. You may have somebody that's serving that don't supposed to serve and they cause discord. This is why you have to be taught and know where your function is in the body. Have y'all ever heard that song? In school, um, conjunction, junction, what's your function? That's how it is in the church. The church is out of order because people are out of order because they don't want to be taught. They want title. They think that because they're loving or they're this to that, they're a pastor. That don't make you a pastor because you got some people, hypocrites, that's saying that they love the sheep, but they love money more than they love the sheep. Come on, we want to get it right. We're taking the time today for the church anniversary anniversary. To let people know how it's supposed to be, not how man want it to be. So I wanted to take the time to use people to bring forth these um, gifts. Amen. Come on, son, you will go with the next. Praise the Lord. Y'all can do better than that for God now. Praise the Lord. Amen. Today we're talking about the apostle, and I will stay within my five minutes, okay? (laughs) So we're talking about the apostle, and one of the things about an apostle, apostles govern. There are several scriptures that discuss apostles. Apostles are set in the body. Apostles are also Uh, sent for the perfecting of the saints and apostles are pioneer apostles are architects master builders apostles also train leaders stir up the gifts and so forth because if there's no training that will be a a hot mess as they say right and also to break that down in Ephesians 4 9 through 11 it talks about the fact that apostles are set in a body which literally means that God puts the apostles in the body to govern what the church Ministries and the believers, not lord over, but govern. And that's one of the things that we have to have in the body of Christ is governing. Because if everybody is doing their own thing, you know, it'll be a mess. And so um, believers are governed saints in the congregation. And it literally means that you're an overseer or a governor of what God has entrusted the apostles' hands to do. If you look at that in the natural, what does a governor do? A governor is over an entire state, 
It also governs the mayors, local leaders, etc. And that's kind of like how it runs. That is how it runs in the church. Another thing that apostle does is for the sent to perfect the saints, and that literally means to perfect. It means that apostles oversee by the instruction of God. The perfecting of the saints is what is training, is equipping, is sending out making sure that there is sound doctrine taught, not just any doctrine, but sound doctrine according to the word of God. And that's something that many places lack is sound doctrine. It's not um, heresy and um, all of that, but it's sound doctrine. And if there's, you know, that's something that the apostle does. And uh, the body needs governing. If the body governs itself, it's going to be out of order, out of whack, all willy-nilly, because everyone literally has an opinion. But we have to make sure that the opinion that we have is the opinion of the word. And one of the things that an apostle does is make sure that our opinions, when we start talking or voicing things, that it's lining up with the word of God. Amen? When you have an apostle, an apostle sets things in order. They are set in the body of Christ, which means that the apostle is sent by God. There's a lot of people out here sending themselves, but a true apostle is sent by God, and they will bring order to the church and to situations. And another thing that apostles do is pioneer or open up the way, open the door. And what I've seen in many churches in many places is that you have apostles establishing churches um, in different regions and different uh, countries and so forth. Now, there were apostles that walked with Jesus. They were the apostles of the Lamb is what they were called. But we also have apostles for today. And a lot of people don't believe that they're apostles today. But why would God have the teachers, the pastors, and then uh, evangelists but say there are no prophets and apostles anymore? That's not true. That's false. There are apostles today. Another thing is that apostles can govern wherever God tells them to set up a church and do it in a city or country or wherever. And God has given the apostle the ability to do that. You know, we see a lot of people having uh, different desires to do this and that and set things up. But if it's not set up on the correct foundation of the word, when God says it, it's not going to uh, stand. And the apostles stand firm on the word. What is a pioneer? A pioneer is going into a territory. And the apostle is also referred to as a pioneer. And what apostles do when they're pioneering, they go into territory that's literally uncharted and has not been charted before. God will send an apostle into a spiritually uncharted territory to go in to begin to pull down those strongholds, build and plant. Amen? And that's what we see here uh, going on at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries. There's a lot of strongholds that's been pulled down off of God's people, off of our minds, off of our lives. And there's been a lot of growth. Amen. I know I've grown. How about you? Amen. All right. And so it's really important that we don't get ahead of ourselves when we think we're called into a ministry or think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Many people think they're apostles. They may have an uh, apostolic anointing, but it may not be in the actual, the actual office or gift that they walk in as apostle um, alluded to. Um, just because you have a gift in the area or God uses us in a certain area at that moment does not mean that's where we're called to. And that's what apostle, an apostle does. An apostle literally can see, hear, and understand what we're supposed to be doing, when we're supposed to be doing it, and he can, uh, 
The apostle can help us get to that point. God can use a person, open a person's mouth, and cause a person to prophesy. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a prophet, likewise with the apostle. God will allow that apostle to confirm where you are and build and, trend, uh, build and plant. Another thing that apostle does is train leaders and things of that sort. And we see that here during Clem, training up leaders and training up leaders in the sound doctrine of the word. Amen. I think I got one minute left. I'm using all my 60 seconds. <laughs> okay, and then another thing is um, planting churches. Apostles will plant churches, and we see uh, that throughout the Bible. Everybody is not going to be in fivefold ministry, and God gives apostles the insight and wisdom to see that. Apostles stir up and activate gifts in people's lives, and that's really an important thing because if your gifts are never stirred up and activated, then you may feel like there's a deficit and, you know, things like that. But before you can get into even using your gifts and your gifts being stirred up, you have to be accurately trained. And that's what I see here. An apostle is training and watching that spiritual growth. And, you know, people not getting a big head. You know, we don't want to do that. And with my last 30 seconds, apostles can have the ability to minister in all five four offices as needed and be able to flow in and out of all five four gifts as apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and pastor. And the scriptures that I would like to leave with you, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4 through 6, Ephesians 4, 9 through 11, Ephesians 4, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, 1 Corinthians 3, 10, Acts 14, 21 through 23, 2 Timothy 1, 6, 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5, 2 Corinthians 6, 3 through 10, and 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1 through 11. Thank you. Amen. Prophets, the index ringer, because he directs, points, and guides the church in the way it should go. Gloria Burgess. Praise the Lord. Five minutes. I got my watch on. Prophets are guided by what they see. In the Old Testament, they were um, called shears, mouthpiece, spokesperson for God. A prophet is set in the body of Christ by the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't just call yourself to be a prophet. It says in Ephesians 4.11, and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers so it is a call of God nowadays everybody want to be a prophet some people put their self in those positions and God did not call them to be a prophet amen um, a prophet like Apostle Cross was saying they help to um, perfect the saints instruct them teach them get them prepared um, for what God would have them to do and lead them. It said, for the perfecting, um, Ephesians 4.12 says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, that's what a prophet helps to do according to uh, the word of God. Where prophets reveal um, the heart of God to his people, 
a prophet um, gives guidance to an individual or even the church as the Lord um, leads them. A prophet will edify, exhort, and comfort. So a prophet doesn't necessarily come to tear people down, but they will warn you whenever God puts a word in their mouth. They get divine inspiration from the Holy Spirit. It is not something that's thought of, thought up in their minds. It's not something that somebody told them. It comes directly from God. And just because somebody may prophesy frequently, that does not necessarily mean that they are called to the office of a prophet. Anybody who is a born-again believer and is filled with the Holy Spirit can prophesy with the nine gifts of the Spirit. So that does not necessarily mean that in Acts 21, 8 and 9, Philip, the evangelist, had four daughters, and they prophesied, but they were not prophets. They weren't called to the office of a prophet. That was the gift of the spirits operating through them. And then um, a prophet has to be equipped with supernatural gifts. And it's the nine gifts of the spirit that the Holy Spirit gives you. Um, the nine gifts of the Spirit can be found in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 10. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because I'm going to be finished before five minutes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Because y'all know I love to talk. But the prophet should be equipped with the supernatural gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, the gift of healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, Diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation, I mean, uh, yeah, interpretation of tongues. And there's so much more that a prophet does, but I'm not going to go into it today, okay? Praise the Lord. Glory. Evangelists, the middle finger. Evangelist, the middle finger, because it stands out from among the rest and reaches out to save the rest. Sister Kathy Newton. Amen. You all can get up here and lose what I had as soon as I got here. But uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be over five minutes either. I'm be obedient. Amen. Uh, talking on the evangelist, the man in which I am. Um, evangelists gather. I'm going to stick with the script, script, script here. Evangelists gather by winning, though, uh, by winning, excuse me. Evangelists gather by winning those not yet in the kingdom. Uh, evangelists are set in the body of Christ by the risen Lord, according to Ephesians 4, 9 through 11. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work in the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, according to Ephesians 4, 12. For the work of, the work of bringing the saints into their ministry, that is, they are to stare up the saints for personal evangelism, as well as equip and release others with evangelistic gifts. Evangelists are messengers and bearers of glad tidings to a lost and dying world, according to Acts 8, 5, 8. Um, evangelists should have a sound gospel message and therefore need to be well grounded in the word 
um, in truth concerning the kingdom to present to pre- excuse me to present the gospel rightly. Um, they should give signs, have signs following their word, according to Mark sixteen, verse fifteen teen through twenty, and uh, evangelists have a passion for souls. Um, you cannot um, be an evangelist if you don't love people. Uh, a lot of times people, um, they want to be a minister, but they don't like people. You can't not like people and be a ministry because uh, people is God's business. And um, you have to have a, a genuine love. It's a love that you have that God put in there because whatever God called you to do, he equips us to do it and everything that we need is on the inside. We don't have to... Uh, uh, make it happen or anything it's just in you to do and you're going to be drawn to people you, you you're concerned about people you don't have a mind well that's their business what they do you're concerned you want them to uh to to um come into christ you want them to live the uh the um have everlasting life you want them to have all the goodness of god because of what he did for you you remember when you were lost so you want them to have what you have um, so you're going to be drawn to people. You're going to love people. Um, God will, um, um, what am I trying to say? On the inside of you, when you see people, you're just going to, you don't have to make it happen. You're just going to, um, God will give you on the inside what to say. And people will respond to you because of that anointing on your life. Because God has anointed you to do what you're doing. So you're going to be presented all the time, but you got to make sure that you have the word of truth, like the word says here. And um, it also goes on to say that um, the evangelist should be equipped with supernatural equipment. Like it says, nothing that we conjure up, nothing that we make happen is already in there by spending time with God and in the word. But anyway, before the foundations of the world was laid, God, uh, he ordained us and he equipped us with all of these things. So, um... Basically, evangelists have a passion for souls, and we go out and we preach the gospel, which is people are won by the uh, preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ alone. Amen. Amen. Pastors, the ring finger, married to the church, James Davis. pastor. The pastor is one who guards, keeps the flock healthy and safe, and he's set in the body of Christ by the risen Lord. Um, Ephesians 4, 9 through 11 says, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And the pastor was given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body. Um, That's Ephesians uh, 4.12. And they're shepherds. They're shepherds who have a deep care for the sheep, for the flock. They're willing to lay down everything for them. And they just really love the sheep. Um, And also... When it comes to the the pastor, in the New Testament, um, 
is, is other definitions, other words used for pastor. Um, there's also bishops. Uh, in 1 Timothy 3.1, it said, This is a true saying. If any man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. There's also uh, shepherds. Um, in John 10.11, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And there's also overseers. In Acts 20.28, 20, Paul said, um, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and unto all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And so basically, without the ministry gift of the, of the pastor, all the other ministry is, is like practically in vain. You need, you need the pastor. Um, and even though how great an evangelist can be and how many souls they get saved, you still need that pastor gift to bring them further on into the Lord. Or otherwise, the people could fall by the wayside. And the pastor needs to be spiritually, supernaturally equipped. You know, he needs the power of God to come upon him. Uh, and so he can't be ignorant of spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 1 through 11, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse. And no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it's the same God that works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For the one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, discerning, to another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diver kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these work of that one and the self-same spirit divide into every man as he will. So, the pastor needs the power of the Holy Spirit because the sheep has needs. And so he has to be able to manifest the gift as the Spirit wills. Amen. 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 And as you see, um, um, Brother James Davis, he was mentioning that a pastor, you'll see them in the Bible, it's called overseers and bishops. You do not have in the church a big archbishop See, this is why you need to know the Bible. <clears throat> Pastors are called overseers, shepherds, and bishops. But people have taken those names for what they want men to be top dogs. Now, we're going to break it on down. And some people are probably upset because I said it. But the, knowing the truth is what sets you free. Go back into your word. Amen? Amen. The teacher, the pinky finger. Yeah. Because it balances the rest of the hand. And the church's teachings, Othelia Lofton. The teacher, the little finger that's in your ear. A teacher. Is someone who ministers the word in such a way that releases God's power and anointing 
encouraging believers to rise to their full potential in God. Operative word, anointing. Somebody can teach, but if there's no anointing behind what you do, what you're doing is in vain. Amen? Teachers are set in the body of Christ by the risen Lord. Ephesians 4, 9 through 11. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for growth. To build you up in Christ. Teachers teach the word of God with understanding. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing, but on your, in all you're getting, get an understanding. Because if you don't understand what you have, how are you going to use what you have if you have no understanding of what you have? Amen? Teachers have to have a revelation from the word of God in order to teach the word of God. The hidden mysteries of the word of God. There are mysteries that are hidden to the carnal mind that are spiritually discerned. Amen? Teachers must rightly divide the word of truth, meaning that they cannot just go in, go on what, what is read. They have to know what the word of God is saying. Example, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. You can look the part, act the part, talk the part, walk the part, but you're denying the power of God. There's power in the word of God. You're denying the power of God for healing, for your finances, and even for delivering you from some of the mess that you get yourself in or from some of the things that's within you. But you have the form, but there's no power. Where is the power behind what we say and do? Amen? Just because you teach does not mean you have the ministry gift of a teacher. You can teach what you learn, but it does not mean that you have the the, uh, call of God on your life as a teacher. And the teacher should be equipped with supernatural equipment, as Brother Manny explained that. And also, a teacher, you're going to be held to a higher standard, according to James 3.1. You're going to have a harsher judgment, because you're teaching. And if you're not living it, you're going to be held accountable to God. Not man, but God. Amen? And I always um, like this in closing. If you look on the North Carolina license plate, our motto is to be rather than to sing. Hear what I'm saying? To be rather than to sing. Don't sing the part. Be the part. Amen. The fivefold ministry gifts, as we know, cannot come forth without the Holy Spirit. Can you hold up your mic? cannot come forth without the Holy Spirit. What I said was the motivational gifts cannot operate through the fivefold ministry without the Holy Spirit. You got to have the Holy Spirit with the evidence of teaching with um the without the you got to have the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. How the Holy manifestation how the Holy Spirit manifests itself through the church to help you to fulfill the function in whatever your gift is. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits are the gifts that reveal. The gift of prophecy, diverse, of, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of term, tongues are the speaking gifts. The power gifts are the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the working of miracles. Thank you all. Amen. Thank all of y'all for your time and listening to how the church is supposed to be set up. But if you don't have um, anyone in the body of Christ need to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues in order to go out 
You do not have to um, be a pastor, a teacher, be in the fivefold to go out dealing with the great commission that he has given all of us to do to win souls for the kingdom. But you do need the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues and to be born again in order to do it. So we want to bring this to you today. I knew it took some time for you to sit here and listen, but that is the problem. The church is not listening no more. The church is out doing things outside of the will and the word of God. The traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. And this is why we have an isms and schisms in the body because people want to do something that God ain't called or assigned them to do. We need to function in the body of Christ as one. We're one body. We need each other. Quit trying to be something you're not because you are bringing disturbance in the body of Christ. Stay in your lane. Just because you know the Bible, think you know the Bible, don't make you a pastor, don't make you a prophet. Just sit and be taught so you can be matured in the things of God. It grieves me so to see the body of Christ. All of us, I don't care what church you're in, People all over the world, we are the universal church. That means everybody who's born again, we are in the family of God. If I ain't in Los Angeles, but I meet somebody in Los Angeles, guess what? We are sisters and brothers in Christ. There is a universal church. There is a local church. You are in a local church in your area. People have different names for the churches. Those names are based on sometimes what God has given them to name that church so people know the destination that you're in that is not founded by God that's a name a man or woman have come up with to get an address hello somebody we need to get it right and here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry we want to keep it right we want to make sure we're lining up with the patterns of God and if we don't that's the job of the apostle to bring it back into alignment but when an apostle set up a church if it's in los angeles god said los angeles if it's in los angeles once they set it up they leave that church alone they don't go in that church and try to run it hallelujah thank you jesus i ain't gonna preach today we need to know how things need to be set up and done this is why people are so mad in churches now Because we got man running them and not God doing it. And that's what this was all about. If it took your time, if you felt like it was boring, get into the word of God so you can get what we're getting. Amen. So I'm going to turn it back over to Quana at this time. And we will get ready to close. I lost my program. (laughs) But it's remarked. I done did that. (laughs) And then I guess um, yeah. if we had any visitors that would like to say something while you're here, please feel free to do so. We don't want to leave you out because you came to join us on today. Amen. We just ask that maybe you limit it to maybe two minutes, please. Amen. I, I will try. Okay. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Good morning. God bless you, saints. For those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Brother Fred Galloway, Jr. I'm from Hampton, Virginia. I've been corresponding with Apostle Bryant for the past 10 years. And I want to make it short because I got two minutes. I try to do best, my, my best in two minutes. I want to explain to the ministry how I met Apostle Bryant over 10 years ago. I was in my bedroom back in Virginia um, playing with my computer. I was, I was kind of bored. 
So I was what, playing my computer, playing with my mouse, and then on Facebook, I came across your Facebook page. And, um, and what really, what really, really um, um, interested me about this church was that right there. And that was started, started it all. And I was like, you know, it, um, I was kind of nervous because if she's, if she's all that, can, can she really do that? I was kind of curious, you know. So what I did was I really wanted to meet Apostle Bryant. So that following Sunday, um, I had a reunion in um family reunion in the area so that Sunday I decided to come here um, I came here early nobody wasn't around um, I guess I guess everybody came, came, came for um, Sunday school and I was like walking around you know ch- checking everything out and um, and I didn't know at the time I met Apostle Bryant there was this lady it was Apostle Bryant driving this. When I met her, she was driving a brown Lexus, okay, and it had C L I M on her on her North Carolina license plate. I was like C L I M. I was like scratching my head. I said, "What's that supposed to mean?" You know what I'm saying? What's that supposed to mean? Then, and then, as I was going to my car, I didn't know who she was, but. She was, um, she was like a little bit upset with me. She was like, what's this guy doing snooping around my church? And I introduced myself. I said, um, Apostle Bryant, my name is Brother Fred Galloway. Um, I did call your church secretary, and I let, them, let her know that I was going to be coming to visit. And, and make a long story short, when I came to her first service over 10 years ago, and when she prayed for me, let saints every last stronghold, every last um, generational curse, everything that that the devil had on me. And even though I walked in the things of God, but I wasn't, <clears throat> I wasn't totally free. I got set free that day. And I, and I'm gonna tell you this, my life. Never been the same because this powerful woman of God and this ministry, my, my life would never be the same. I kind of felt bad because um, I was like, she was all that and all that. I felt bad because I didn't know that that verse exists. All the years I've been, been in church and stuff, I never knew that and knowing somebody like Apostle Brian could uproot and break strongholds of people's lives. And I found out and I found out for myself that day. And um I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be brief. Um ever since then, ten years ago, we've been the best of friends. And I wanna let you know that God does not God, God does not make mistakes. He he um he probably do some things that's unorthodox, but you gotta you gotta know that according to the Bible, his ways are not his ways. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So ever since then, um, I've been writing to her, sending her cards and stuff, and I am happy to say that I am part of this, that I was here that day. But I want to say in closing, happy anniversary, and I will attend some more anniversaries as time goes on. I do love you with the love of the Lord. Amen. Apostle Bryant and, and Pastor James and your whole congregation family. Thank you for praying for me, um, praying for me when my, when my dad passed away from Alzheimer's dementia. Um, I will be back here next month to go to his grave. Um, he's buried in Supply, North Carolina, his hometown, which is not too far from um, Bergal, because I have relatives live live in this area. Um, so I just want to say happy anniversary and God bless you. And um, Amen. I don't regret this. I don't regret meeting Pastor Brian or this church. God bless you. Amen. 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 We give God glory. And Brother Ken is shaking his head. I'm going to have him to come up here, and we're going to close out with him. He's going to close us out. Um, since he's back there nodding his head and shaking his head, he's going to close us out. Amen. It was funny this morning before I went into the bathroom. My, my sister came and picked up my mom, and they were going to church. She says, Junior, do you know what today is other than Mike's birthday, which is my brother, there's his birthday? I says, No, Linda, I don't. You know it's Miracle Temple's church anniversary. Are you going? And she said it like, I'm coming here all the time. And like, Am I going today? I'm, am I going? And I didn't think nothing else of it until I went in the bathroom. And it was the strangest thing that I was so ushered to be here. And I know some of you guys have no clue who I am, but I, this was my home for a long time. And Clem was gone on then, and Clem is gone on now. It is amazing. I feel kind of funny, Sister Shirley. <laughs> it takes me back. This is taking me back. Y'all don't even know. This is just, what are you doing, Possible? <laughs> hey, Brother Jane, <laughs> my pops here. This is weird to me. It was amazing. Times then, I know they're amazing times now. I am so thrilled to see all of your familiar faces. Look at my brother, Jamie. Oh, my goodness gracious. God bless y'all. There is so much I could say. I'm not saying anything else, but it was just good to be here. I'm overjoyed. I've seen Sister Kathy lately. I don't know some C's been, let me leave that alone. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So is is that it? Are we leaving from 
Go ahead and do us the blessing of the food. Bless your hearts. Are we standing for this or are we going as we honor him? Wow. Father, again, we thank you for what this day has been for us and for teaching us all that we needed to know for how your ministry and your church should work and operate in these times. Thank you for that. Father, as we go forth, thank you for the food that's been prepared today. We thank you for those whose hands were involved and for all of those who prepared it. We thank you that as we eat it, that it blesses our bodies in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. See, it don't take long, y'all. Renee, Renee, could you come up and explain what we get?